guys, welcome to the Twiniversity Podcast, a show created exclusively for parents of twins. I'm your host, Natalie Diaz. I am a mom of twins. I am also the Twiniversity founder, and I am the best-selling author of the book, What to Do When You're Having Two. Our goal at Twiniversity is to make sure that you always feel connected, we laugh at the little things, and we really do get to teach you a few tricks along the way. And that is what we hope this podcast is about to do. So welcome to Twiniversity. Kids, I envy you. I so envy you because truth be told, your options have never been better with Dr. Brown's Options Plus Wide Neck Bottles. From nipple to base, it eases the transition from breast to bottle and back again. Each nipple is specifically engineered to offer the same consistent natural flow so that you and your twins know what to expect at every feeding. The new breast-like nipple shape is correctly contoured for a proper latch and a more natural bottle feeding experience. So together with the anti-colic internal vent system, your twins will feed with minimal fuss. And when your babies are no longer gassy, remove the venting system and continue to use the Options Plus bottle without the extra parts. Brilliant! It really is brilliant. You guys are so lucky. So for more information on the Dr. Brown's Options Plus bottle, visit drbrownsbaby.com. Hey gang, if you are pregnant with twins, make sure to do your research on banking cord blood. Your newborn's umbilical cord blood contains powerful stem cells that have already been used to regenerate healthy blood and immune systems in transplant medicine. These stem cells are also being investigated for their potential use in regenerative medicine. Preserving your child's newborn stem cells at birth is an opportunity to provide access to current and potential future stem cell treatment options for you and your family. Learn more at cordblood.com or call 1-88-CORD-BLOOD. Use code DUO2 for special twins pricing through Twiniversity. Today, we have a very special guest. Miss Anna D'Souza is joining us. Anna is a digital and broadcast journalist. She's a producer, an editor, and she really is like the guru of all things beauty. She's known for finding today's trends that will probably end up in your medicine cabinet like they have uh, mine where all my lotions and potions are kept. And if you uh, know the name, it's because you've probably seen her on the Today Show, Good Morning America, Rachel Ray. She's literally been everywhere. She's something else, this girl. And if you have not figured out from there, she's also one of us. She's a twin mom to identical girls. And her journey to twin parenthood was not an easy one. From her IVF experience through delivery day, she has really hit a lot of bumps in the road. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about being an advocate for yourself during pregnancy. It is critical that not only you have a good medical team, but you have a good medical team that will really listen to you. So let's get to it. So Anna's here with us now. Like that was quite a bio. I have to like, it. truth be told, I think your bio was about 11 minutes that I was going oh through goodness. before uh, before we started hanging out together. But you you really have like super been through it. And I can't, I can't believe it in all sincerity that, first of all, you look, you're a picture of perfection. Your little bookshelf, by the way, oh, such a good, a good selection. Uh, I love you forever. You see our toot book? We have a little toot book up there. Aww. That's my favorite. Yeah. I love the, I love you forever. I, I, I. All we do is talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, they're, as the babies are getting bigger now, they're right, they're 14 months now. You have your identical girls. I just found out that they're mirror twins. Absolutely love that. I know that at this point, it shouldn't be exciting to me when I meet mirror twins, considering the amount of twins that we deal with. But it's, it's, I'm not saying it's my favorite type of twin because I don't want to offend like my own twins, but they kind of are like they're my favorite to watch even as adults. I have adult twin uh, girls that are mirror twins that I know since I'm young and I remember watching them grow up and uh, like always fascinated always fascinating still like they'll drink with a different hand and they'll eat you know with a different arm with their fork like it's just fascinating so you get to watch that so maybe all the trauma that you have been through well now you could smile all the smiles they're going to give you when they do their mirror twinniness I know I know there's not a moment that goes by that I don't think about how happy and how grateful and how after you've been through yeah you know issues that you just tend to look at life differently yeah. and you appreciate the little things. And I have to say this past year, just being, you know, being a mom for the first time, um, I savored it. I sniffed so much baby head, Natalie, you have no <laughs> idea. It was just my nose was permanently in their head because I just knew I, you know, and, and of course like it'd be great to have more kids, but you just don't know if that's gonna happen. So yeah. you wanna savor that moment. Um, and I, I definitely, definitely did. Now to get to this moment, right? So to get here today, you had an, a, a pretty fun infertility struggle, right? As unfortunately a lot of us kind of do. And then you end up getting pregnant through IVF. And then, um, spoiler alert, there's two babies in there, right? There's two different heartbeats. Mm-hmm. And your pregnancy, honestly to me, and, not, and like, it kind of, feel, I feel like it went from bad to worse. And, yeah. <laughs> and when I talk to parents who have, you know, not the uh, the most jovial pregnancies, sometimes people are like, nat, nat, you know, you shouldn't talk about that. But I like to talk about it because my thing is, is look, we're on the other side of that fence. It was totally a struggle to get over it. I had a very, 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 very traumatic pregnancy, a super traumatic delivery. And I don't even know if you know this, I didn't even name my own twins because I never thought I was going to be able to meet them. So like there's a lot of things that people go through and I'm not talking about it every day, but sometimes you meet another mom, like I've met you, that I'm like, geez, Anna, like that's that's a lot. So today I really wanna talk about being an advocate for yourself because sometimes, you know, your doctor, especially now in times of COVID that we're taping this, not that they're being dismissive, but your doctor's visits are getting shorter and shorter and shorter quarantine, no quarantine, it doesn't matter. Doctor's visits in general are getting shorter. And the person who needs to speak up most is either going to be you or your partner. And, you know, depending on if right now, if you have an essential worker partner, they could be working significantly more. But you really started having trouble very, very early on in your pregnancy. And I want you to kind of walk us through like the term journey is so overused, but it really is because this was, it, it's like an adventure. It's almost like a very, very primal, I'm going to be parachuted into the <laughs> middle of the Amazon. It is not like I'm going on, you know, it's it's my live, pray, eat or whatever that is. Yes. It's not that kind of journey. This is a parasailed into or, you know, parachuted into the Amazon with like literally, fans. yeah, but, and you had nothing. You didn't even have, you know, you had one match 
not the pack of matches, and you had a very- And half a stick of bubble gum. That's literally it. So good yeah. luck, Anna. We wish you the best. <laughs> we wish you the best in the rainforest. Oh. So that's kind of, I feel like that's what it was. So tell me about, you, you know, you get pregnant, you hear that second heartbeat, and then the that's when you got dropped out of the airplane into the Amazon. It happened right. that quick. Well, you know, I feel like you can't, it's, it's difficult to speak about it in such a vacuum, right? Like the, the events leading up to where some of the larger medical issues came up are relevant because of also where your mindset mm -hmm. is, right? So my mom got critically ill in three months, had three strokes. Um, I'm advocating for her. Um, and then she passes away. And thankfully, I was able to show her the first ultrasound of the two little, you know, circles. And at least, you know, I feel I feel grateful to at least have had that yeah. for her to have known. But, um, you know, yeah, when we I wanted to walk into we had already done two rounds of IVF. And our first round, we had um, five embryos that got to day five, all five abnormal. No explanation why. Then we did a second round Then we finally out of eight out of 26 eggs we got eight and then three were normal so we transferred one so after everything that had been going on with my mom i wanted a vanilla pregnancy yeah. i wanted boring i had been living in the hospital for months um with so much going on that yeah. you know when i found out that it was twins all of a sudden it's high risk yeah all of a sudden you're going to mfm almost you know, almost automatically, yes. not every case that way. But my mom passed away and I started to feel like I was having little migraines here and there. And the first night back home in Philadelphia, so two weeks after her passing, I am home finally first night in months and months. And my husband wakes up at 530, turns on the closet light. And I'm like, wow, oh, Mark, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to have a migraine because I get migraines with aura. Okay. So you have this visual disturbance in the front of your eye. And um, he's like, well, just take it easy. Go back to sleep. It's going to pass. You can't mm -hmm. take anything. At this point, I was almost 10 weeks pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so I try to relax for an hour or two longer. Wake up. There's still this. It's almost like a grayed out, almost the shape of like a vase in okay. the center of my right eye. And uh, I thought, this is not normal. This yeah. is not a migraine aura would have passed. It passes in like 10, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And so I, I, I'm like, hey, I'm just gonna go to the ER. There's something there's something wrong. And I guess that's how it all kind of started. Yeah. Um, because the, um, you have to start advocating for yourself very early on. And so we were in this situation where I get there and the doctors don't really know how to place me, mm -hmm. of course. You walk, you want to set off a circus, you go to the emergency <laughs> room with, you know, neurological issues and you're, you're pregnant with twins. And it was just a circle of just different specialists coming in and they just didn't know. And so I guess long story short, it took three months to wow. figure out exactly what had happened. And it was because of the advocacy that I had for mm -hmm. myself and my husband for me. And turns out it it was it ended up being a blood clot that must have traveled from either my arms or my legs, mm -hmm. an arm or a leg. Um, and if it's small, it should typically filter out in your lungs. Mm -hmm. But because I have a PFO, which is basically a little hole in your heart, everyone's born with this. It just okay. closes for 75% of people. And for me, it sort of switched over from you know being a lung 
clot to all of a sudden it switched over in my heart and it went to my brain, my retina, and it got lodged in my, in my retina. And so, but it took a long time to get there. Oh my God, Anna, Anna. Oh, this is so stressful. And you know, we've had Twiniversity families that it doesn't actually make it to their eye it actually goes into their brain like this this oh. is this is totally an emergency 911 situation meanwhile you're like i have a little blurry vision i see a vase in my eye yeah. so that it's it it is i can't imagine that conversation at that emergency room and when you were in the emergency room did they bring down an ob to consult or was it just neurology or it was like literally everybody in the hospital was coming to say hi yeah, no, we had OB, they did a scan, we did ultrasounds, we did ultrasounds in my eye. I mean, there's only so much they can do for you yeah. too, right? We can't do anything with contrast because mm -hmm. you're pregnant. And so, you know, I learned very early on, and I think the last two, three years of my life, I've learned more than ever that you do need to advocate for yourself. And you have to find specialists and people that you trust. And in a way, you kind of, you like them, yeah. you love them. They yes. become a part of your family. And I think that it's also a situation where you have to think, you have to weigh um, choosing a doctor that obviously has the credentials but is wise but also isn't so stubborn in a way where mm -hmm. they're not harnessing new technology. And sometimes it's very unlucky, but oftentimes it's one or the other, Yeah, which is unfortunate. It really is. Right? So you, you want someone who's smart enough, who's been around the block a few times, who can tell you, you know, the nuances. It's the nuances of things that people don't understand. Mm -hmm. um, but then also be confident enough that they know the newest studies. And I think a lot of that had to do with, well, in the emergency room. And then, listen, this is no one's fault. Yeah. Right. They just didn't know what to do with me. They thought I might have had multiple scler uh, sclerosis and they might they thought maybe it was optic neuritis. So they send me home with steroids. And so not the next morning before yeah. taking it, I call my neurologist is like, do not take it. So it's like everyone has their own philosophy, but mm -hmm. it just took my husband a quick look on Google Scholar to see, okay, and I don't know if we should take these steroids tonight. I don't think it's a good idea because apparently it makes other things worse. Yeah. And so you just, you have to do your research. But I love that you trusted kind of your gut with this and you're like, mm, I don't know. And it does go back to, you know, having a, a, a really big belief in your medical system. But it's not only that, you have to you have to feel it in your heart as well. And Anna, like a lot in Twiniversity classes, I feel like like it's the majority is me just telling people, guys, you have something called instincts. I do love me yes. some Google, but sometimes your instincts are screaming at you and you're and they're they're making you go into a total panic and fire. And then you read something on Google and you're like, well, that'll put out the fire. But if it's still screaming, you have to listen to what your gut is saying. And I'm so happy that you were like, mm -hmm. you know what? I made it this far. Another 24 hours, you know, isn't going to be the end of it. Although, you know, God forbid it, it was. But whatever was in your gut led you in the right direction and that's only a 10 weeks i mean that is literally there's so many people who don't even know that they are pregnant at 10 i would say the majority of people yeah. especially that you know conceive spontaneously don't even know that they are pregnant at 10 weeks so this happened at 10 weeks so that was kind of like your first big bump right so now right. how did that how did that kind of get resolved 
So it did take a while, and I feel like we stumbled upon the answer. So I had been going to Jefferson Wills Eye, which is one of the top eye hospitals in the whole country, and no one knew where to place me. Mm -hmm. And there were some tests that couldn't be done because obviously I was still pregnant. And it almost felt like a fluke in the way that this happened. So my hematologist, who's one of the smartest doctors I have ever met, she's fantastic, um, she sent me for, um, you know, lipid panel mm-hmm. and my cholesterol came back high and just out of her own gut, she said, well, it's high. It, it goes up a little higher, obviously when you're pregnant, but she's, she just literally called, left the voicemail. She's like, Hey, you have a, um, an echo in the morning, eight 30. I hope you can make it. I already made the appointment for you. Good. Um, so please go. And when they, when I went, that's where they found the PFO. And then all of a sudden everything got puzzle pieced together. So it was like the high estrogen of carrying twins. Obviously, you know, you do high estrogen, you know, when you have IVF as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so that caused the clot and the clot moved to my eye. And so I do have surgery that's, you know, we're going to close it. It was a consensus between, you know, neurology, cardiology, and hematology that I should close it because as you get older, you're predisposed to, um, blood clots. Mm-hmm. And so I'd rather stave off a, a larger emergency, yeah. you know, but that's not to say that every time I blink my eyes, this reminder of what happened, you know, it's still fuzzy. You know, I look at you and thankfully with organic shapes, mm-hmm. it's definitely better for me. My other eye compensates, but when I'm looking at window blinds, yeah. it's like line, whole line. Wow. And so it is kind of a reminder every day, but you know, I just feel like in a way it it really stinks obviously, but it's made me, it's made me tough. (laughs) It's definitely made me tough. It has to, it has to, I mean, holy smoke. That's so scary. And now like now for the rest of your life, are you on blood thinners? Yes. You are. Yes. Are you on fancy shot ones or you just have to take a, a pill? Um, depending on what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. So I do go on and off Lovenox. Um, but usually it's aspirin, probably Plavix. Once, it's going to be Plavix once I get the okay. uh, PFO surgery for a while. Oh, my um, goodness. That's a lot, Anna. That's a lot to deal with. Do you have a, did they find that you had any blood clotting disorders? No. Well, my protein S was um, a little off. It was yeah. low. But that's also, you know, it could be a pregnancy thing. Yeah. And that's also when you're when you're pregnant, your labs are going to be all over the yeah. place too. And that's another big issue because you want to, you know, you want to resolve whatever it is that's going yeah. on, but doctors sometimes don't know. And you want to go to that specialist, mm-hmm. but the specialist knows when you're just walking around without child, <laughs> it's a little bit easier. So I, I did pour myself over my own labs mm-hmm. and I would look at the ranges of different things. And if, if I was in range, but so close to one, you know, one edge or the other, yeah. I would still, it would be enough for me to, okay, what is going on? You know, I mean, it got to the point where the pregnancy just kind of started to get really wacky. And, um, I had a placental abruption at 22 weeks, really bad really bad. We thought it was over at that point. Um, you know, I had to walk from one room to the other in the hospital, leaving a trail. It was terrible. I, we thought it was, and at 22 weeks, yeah. right. What can you do? Yep. And then, um, another one at 27 weeks. And then all of a sudden my urine was Brown and I just knew I'm like, something is off and it was cholestasis. And then it was just velamentous cord insertions for the girls. And 
you know, we loved our MFM doctor. And I think that we, I always talk about her so fondly because she just knew, she knows how to deal with people. Mm -hmm. And whether you're going through a medical emergency or a crisis, a chronic crisis, or you're pregnant, there's something so stressful about that. She would turn to me, sweetest woman. She's like, Anna, what would make you feel more comfortable? Always, always. And I was able to negotiate going in for a weekly stress test and I was able to negotiate so much more monitoring Mm -hmm. because I think she understood too, okay, well, if this person's going to be more comfortable, less stressed, we're going to have a better outcome than if they're panicking because they don't have an OB appointment for a month and a half in between all the nuttiness that's going on. Yeah. And so you just have to find your people, just like you find your people in, in life, right? You have to find your doctor people, especially if it's a chronic issue that, you're going to have a lot of contact with that doctor. And it's not only during pregnancy, Anna, it's actually for like the baby's lives and your lives and everything, because we found that with pediatricians, right? So you were saying you kind of want that person to balance the line. Like, I don't want somebody fresh out of med school, but I certainly don't want somebody that doesn't, you know, know how to use the internet. And email. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, you, you got to find that that harmony. And in our personal family, we've done both. Like we had the, the newbie, you know, pediatrician. And then I just got super sick of it. And I literally, this is horrible, but I literally was searching who the oldest pulmonologist was that was still practicing in New York City, because we had so many uh, issues with my son. And I was like, look, I found this doctor in this place, you take my insurance. And they're like, yes. And I'm like, done. So you do have to find that harmony. And for me, um, and I know for so many of you guys that are listening out there, you could actually have both. Like it doesn't have to be one or the other and then you can make your decision. And this is like, you know, Anna was really lucky to have really great prenatal care and and advocates not only in her own family with her husband, but people that were on her medical team. But I really try to tell, you know, all of our Twiniversity families, you if you're not happy, you could change doctors. There's no yes. rule that says this is my doctor, the end of story. There's and no matter what hospital you're in, unless you're literally in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. and there's one OB you can change and you might even want to change hospitals we just had a Twiniversity family that has a three and a half hour trip to their hospital because they were so dissatisfied by their local hospital and I said are you sure you know is this uh, that's a long trip do you want to make that and she's like absolutely she's like you know I know that this person's going to be a part of my life story you're going to be telling that story of your doctor telling you, you know, what you're comfortable with, like that is a part of your life story now. So you, you get to choose who plays the roles in your life story. You are not stuck with anything. So especially if you're paying, you're like, yes, this is a paying service. It's not something that you're necessarily getting for free. Yeah. You have every right as a patient to be able to have conversations, smart conversations with your doctors. And if you really think about it, obviously with the the rise of technology and things are changing so quickly, the consumer has changed. Being a patient has changed from when we, our parents, mm-hmm. were growing up. You can, there's more to ask for. There's, you're not just a passive participant in your healthcare. You mm-hmm. have to be an active participant. Um, you have one body, they have many bodies. In fact, I actually saw that there was um, a study done that 
40% of doctors feel that they have a patient load so great that it was deemed to them unsafe. Wow. So that's, that's a critical, that's, yeah. you really need to advocate for yourself. You have to, I mean, it's not like you go on WebMD and all of a sudden you walk into your doctor's office and you're kind of a jerk about it. Like, no, it's, there's a conversation there. There's mm -hmm. a dialogue there. It's not you demanding things. And I think that one thing I really want to, um, if someone's struggling with that, tell your story. I mean, I had quite the story, um, but everyone has their story and there's an emotional tie to that story. Mm -hmm. When a receptionist is emotionally tied to you and your story and who you are, they are gonna make that appointment for later that afternoon for you. Guaranteed. Just be a nice, kind person and don't demand care. It's more, you're all cracking up. I mean, you don't, you can't demand it. You just, you have to work your charm in a way. <laughs> you Am do. I right or wrong? No, Anna, it's, like. it's so simple. And I never yeah. understand why everybody doesn't do this. And my kids always would make fun of me. But like sometimes I would need to make an appointment with them. Let's say I suspected somebody had like an ear infection, right? And I'd have to call and I knew that the doctor wasn't going to have an appointment for us because that's just the way it goes. But I would often call the doctor and say, and they would be like, you know, blah, 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 pediatrics. And I'd be like, hey, you looking really nice today. And if nobody told you today so far, I love you. Do you have any yeah. open appointments for later on today? I think Johnny's got an ear infection. Mm -hmm. And so they'd be like, Miss Diaz, you always call. You always have something nice to say. I say, I mean it. You're my favorite person that answers this phone in that office. I don't care mm -hmm. what the other doctors say about you. And I actually built a rapport with these people over years. And now I don't have to do that anymore. I'm literally like, Jackie, it's a nap. You got anything? Because yeah. it's us again. Yeah. And with twins, and Anna, your kids are little, so you're not there yet. You will see that if somebody has to go to the pediatrician on Tuesday, you're going to be back there on Thursday. So it mm -hmm. starts during your pregnancy when you become an advocate for yourself. And if you could kind of fine tune that, and hone that experience, it will transition into the rest of your life, your kids' lives, and everything yes. else. It, it's so it's simple. It's a long, yeah, just be kind. And even if you start to sort of skirmish around um, what it is that you want to ask them, mm -hmm. find other ways of saying it. Maybe you say, hey, my friend, your friend, mm -hmm. sure, in quotes, um, has tried this medication or my friend has gone through something similar, what do you think? Mm -hmm. How do you feel about us doing this specific therapy? And you know, I just, you really, you have to find a comfort level with these people and they're human, they forget. Sometimes, you know, your meds are not, the, you have to look when you go to the pharmacy, look. Yeah. You have to make sure that you're getting the right prescription and it's the right dosage and you know exactly how you're taking it and you know you are like like I said before it's your body mm -hmm. and you know how it functions and when it functions best and you really have to um, you know you really do have to advocate for yourself and don't feel like you're being you know you're asking too many questions I feel like a lot of people don't ask enough questions this is your this is your only chance this is your only body um, you know, so I just think that, again, you have to find that right fit. Mm -hmm. And we were at another fertility clinic and it just wasn't a good fit, you know, um, and we switched over because 
You can. That we need. We can. <laughs> we can. Yeah. And unless you're living in a place where that's just not a possibility at all,、mm-hmm. um, you know, you you can you can find someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. And now more than ever with telehealth, you can interview people in the comfort of your own home now too. Insurance companies are allowing you to do the telehealth、uh, situation. So I just. It really is so critical to just make sure that you are getting a copy of your records. That's another thing.、Mm-hmm. Get your records. Have everything because if you want to bounce something off another doctor, everything is there. Yes.、Um, I mean, I tend to go. Everything I do is under one. Um, healthcare agency, which is great. All the results are there. The same thing with the kids. And、mm-hmm. now I'm looking for a dentist. Now they're at that age where we're looking for, and I want to go to a dental office that has all their records that live online.、Mm-hmm. That way you're not, because I, I feel like you also sometimes people feel guilty asking, like, why do you want your records? Right. You know, but they <laughs> shouldn't like, make、oh, you feel bad about I'm it. I'm seeing、It's、other people.、Record. Yeah. I'm right, dating. Right. I'm going to start dating around. I, there's been a few times where we've had to、uh, to change doctors, whether the kids' insurance had changed or whatever, and I always felt that weird guilt. But you you literally you do what you got to do, and you know what's、yeah. interesting, Anna, is like you were saying, you got to ask questions. There are so many people who went in situations like yours, and I know that you and I are very unique people, and we are by nature stupidly outspoken. Call me crazy. I have a hunch. Okay, <laughs> so for us, it's a little bit easier for us to say, be an advocate for yourself. And so I try to think of the mom that is out there right now that is doesn't that is so nervous about speaking up and speaking out. So I when when I get the experience of speaking to you know moms firsthand, I always say I will always be your bad cop. Twiniversity will always be your bad cop. So I kind of want that to be the tagline of Twiniversity, like willing to be the bad cop since two thousand and nine, because that's what, like when you said when you go to the doctor, people don't want to say I think, but they can say I read here or I heard from, and it makes it easier to to start that dialogue of a difficult conversation by blaming it on somebody else. So everybody that's listening, if you're like I can't, I can't speak up. Totally say Nat at Twiniversity、mm-hmm. said blah 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 blah. Give me a heads up about what I said.、Yeah. So if the doctor calls me, at、I、least we could have our、yeah. our same story. <laughs> But we do this not only with doctors. I tend to do this with mother in laws as well. Like if、Ouch. moms are having conflicts with their mother in laws, I was like, I'll take one for the team. Just tell me, tell me what I need to say.、And- That's exactly what my husband and I do. So you know, he tends to be more well-read in that way, where、mm-hmm. you know he's looking at Google Scholar, he's looking at studies, and you know, I think it's this give and take. If it's your appointment, maybe you have someone there to kind of help you, and then、mm-hmm. if it's their appointment, then you're there to kind of help them. And it, it is. It's almost like. But I feel like a lot of times you also need a little bit of a script,、mm-hmm. and you need to think about before you walk in. A lot of times we're also like running around. We're on our phone. We're not thinking about we're about to go see the doctor. That he's going to walk in any second. Know your script. Know what you want to tackle within your appointment, and think of what your dream outcome would be. Yeah. If you're panicked about something. You know, you think you you go in there, you're like, wow, I think I would feel a lot better if they tested me for cholestasis or they tested me for X Y Z. Go in there with that thought.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you think Lyme or whatever it is,、um, just so that you can have that peace of mind and think, okay, well, I thought about it.
-hmm. Here's what's going to make me feel comfortable. Let's go down this alley and figure that out. But again, it's also, you know, if you're in a time sensitive um, period, that's another uh, thing that you have to think about, right? So if it's a big, you know, illness, chronic illness, cancer, you, you need things to move quickly yeah. and you need to ask questions to be able to make things move quicker. And there are some hospitals that are way better than others. Yeah. So for instance, with Sloan Kettering, for instance, with my mom, when you go in for a biopsy, you clear them for um, several procedures at one go. Yeah. You want to go somewhere where they're forward thinking in that way. So another hospital was going to say, oh, we'll do a bronchoscopy and then we'll see what the result is. And then if you have cancer, we'll put in a port. Yeah. Not at Sloan Kettering, for instance, they're like, we're going to go in, we're going to go into the, the furthest away. We have permission to go all the way to the lung if we need. Mm -hmm. If there is a tech, a lab tech in the room yeah. checking to see if there's malignant cells, if there is, yeah. they put in a port. The same time, one time that you're under anesthesia. With someone that's sick or frail, like that yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah. That could take weeks to yes. do from. And, and not comparing, you know, pregnancy to a terminal illness, God forbid, but it's it's literally that, that forward thinking doctor that's saying, okay, you're coming in, she's in front of me right now. I suspect it may be this, but we should probably turn over these other stones of A, B, C, and D Absolutely. to rule out so she does not have to come back in. So finding a team like that may be difficult. And you know where, like, I'm going to say Anna is very fortunate to also live in a big city like I do. So we we know that we are, you know, in, in a very unique position to have a lot of people at our fingertips. But most of you guys that are listening right now, no matter where you are in the country, you have a local twins club. So, and even if it might be 60 miles away, my first thing is if you're dissatisfied by the care that you're receiving as an expectant mom of twins, reach out to your local twins club and say, hey, listen, who did you guys use? What did you like about them? Why do you think I should, you know, do you think I should change? Here was my experience. So always keep talking the minute that you stop asking questions the minute you stop looking for help you're not going to find it you it's, it's not going to drop in your lap the ideal obstetrician and remember too and this is crappy but i'll say it because i'm not afraid because you guys love me unconditionally but your experience with your ob is very short-lived so don't worry yes. about pissing them off sure we could get pregnant True. again with twins in uh four months after you deliver yours by the way anna that's totally happened uh not to me <laughs> Thank you. But um, but you know that it's a very short-lived relationship and they're used to dealing with people that are high anxiety, high stress, because even a singleton pregnancy could be stressful. stressful yeah. And when, you know, Anna had a pregnancy like she did, I have a pregnancy like I did, you almost are not given a choice but to be an advocate for yourself because you, you just don't have a choice. If you want to live, if you want your babies to live, it is time literally to get on your twin pregnancy soapbox and be like, dude, somebody's got to listen to me. Who's going to listen to me? Who's the lucky yep. one that gets to be my doctor? And that's another thing. You need to treat it like that. Whoever gets to be my doctor is the luckiest freaking doctor in the history of doctoring. <laughs> and you have to feel that way about yourself because you're worthy. Yeah. You know, you're worthy of great care. You're worthy of good support, emotional and physical. And don't stop looking. Oh, I love, Anna, that you're like the poster child of people who speak up for themselves. You got to do it, girl. You have and you're to. like very you fancy. 
Anna. You like a very fancy person. Fan- like, oh girl, you, you like super like fancy. Oh my god! Before we, oh my gosh. I mean, no I know I ain't I no haven't Rachel washed my Ray. hair in a week. <laughs> I know this isn't the Today like, Show kids. and everything, Anna. It's just oh university. But this is like literally, we are your squad. We are your people. We're rooting you for you. You are my squad. I hate I you for listen. so many reasons. Can I just tell you, you make me sometimes buy things and then I never use them. And then I get mad that I spent money on them. But I can't be <laughs> mad at you because you didn't make me buy anything. So, yes, Anna. Uh, but no, I, I love what you're doing. I, I love the support team that you have there. Um, I listen to every single one of your episodes. And, you know, it's funny. I, I knew nothing about twins. Nothing. And now I'm in this, you know, I, I just, I'm so happy. I'm so excited to be a mom. And just to see these little, uh, I call them my little popcorns, my little popcorns uh, grow. And just to be able to have the support from you and everyone that you have on the show. I've learned so, so much. Um, so really, it, it's it's a great little support system that you have here. And, and I'm really grateful for it. And I'm also really happy that I'm able to write about um, some of the some of the, you know, struggles and issues and things, because in writing my last article about my stroke, mm-hmm. I wrote it because when it happened to me, there was one journal article out there and it was very, um, you know, you read a journal article, obviously there's no names, there's no faces, it's a faceless, nameless type of situation. It's like, oh, the 21-year-old man had this issue with his eye and it was a PFO. Mm-hmm. And I did, I couldn't hold on to anyone or any hope or anything in mm-hmm. terms of relating to someone and being able to, to speak to someone. So I wrote this article. It took me a while to kind of, you know, get the guts in a way to, to write it. And I was like, I hope others don't feel so alone. And you know what? I have had multiple women, five, six women, reach out to me, so many others, but in in particular, that have dealt with something very similar. So, you know, in a way for for people not to feel alone, I actually feel less alone now too. So it really is so um, heartwarming in a way to just be able to connect with others. Listen, that's that's why we started this, right? And when I was expecting my twins in 2004, everything that I read was from like a medical journal. And they, it, I, it was like, the chances of you, you know, delivering twins to term are X. And the chances yeah. of you having preeclampsia are X. Like, it was so heavy that I just wanted to, like, hear from somebody that had a positive experience the same way that you did. Yes. Like, you know, you come out of it. And literally the day that my twin started kindergarten, I just started writing. And for me, it's a form of therapy, honestly. Yes. You know, and I'm sure you feel the same way too. There's there's a piece that it's like, I need to get this out. When a, when something in my mind comes out of my fingertips, that is a way that I get to let it go a little bit. And if it lives Absolutely. online or if it lives in a notebook, even if nobody ever reads it, I am somebody that needs to kind of get it out. But Anna, truthfully, as a celebrity, right? Like that's what you are, whether you want to say it or not. It's difficult because not everybody wants to be very vocal. And not everybody wants to share their story. And people are like, no, I don't want to tell you about my personal experiences. That's my experiences. Where you had something happen to you and you you changed the whole script on it. And you're like, no, everybody's going to find out about this. It's going to be everywhere. I'm telling everybody that this existed because it's time to get out of the freaking shadows. Like this, it's it's ridiculous. We got to share and grow right. together. And, and yeah, the first thing was obviously infertility. And then with 
now more than ever, especially given that my mom also suffered from three strokes and it were all due to her PFO, um, and I didn't present with the typical symptoms mm -hmm. of a stroke. So how many other people are there not knowing that they're in a potentially hypocoagulative state and maybe a little bit of vision loss uh, could have been a trigger sign to, to take care of an, uh, an impending larger issue. Mm -hmm. So this is something I feel really passionate about. I definitely want others to know um, if you do have any vision issues in particular, if we're just talking about the stroke, for instance, um, go see a specialist, not just a vision specialist. You might need to go see a hematologist. You might need to go see, um, you know, potentially a neurologist, certainly, but potentially even a cardiologist um, because people don't know that this is really, ha this is not something that, yeah. um, it's not know, common. know about. Yeah. yeah. It's not out but there. If, if your doctor can find the information on it, then it's somebody's got to find it. So, you know, Anna is the needle in our haystack, right? This is like, if you have this issue and you're sitting there and you're Googling, you know, issues at one o'clock in the morning, you'll find her story. And I love that at the end of the story and she's like, and here I am, da 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 right? You're like, yeah. I'm alive, I'm doing good, I'm super cute. Watch my segments <laughs> on Yahoo, right? Like there's there's so many great things that happen. And I, I really, just like from the bottom of my heart, I know that you like Twin University and you feel really passionate about all that we do for Twin Families. Truthfully, I really love you. And I think it's so great that you are so open about telling things because you, you did not have to do that. Like, and I hope you realize that. And I hope like when you go to sleep and yeah, you're going to have some bumps in the road with the twins and it's going to be super fun, question mark, is how we say, because you're still kind of in the weeds <laughs> with little ones. But if there's one thing that if you look back on your life of what you've accomplished, the impact that you've made with your one story is going to literally live on for generations. So yeah. just thank you for that. I recognize it. I know that probably you're going to meet 27 billion people that are never going to know the real impact that you made. Because if you look like I'm, I'm sure, you know, and if you guys don't know, Anna's like known for like beauty and like fancy things. And she's she it's she's right to be known for that. So she could have stayed known for that. But you're you're really something else, girl. You really are. Thank girl, you very much. I, I think, you know, health is definitely and it's a conversation. It's funny. It's a conversation my husband and I had like you know, what is the legacy that I want to leave for my children? And I've been inching more towards um, health and uh, wellness and um, lifestyle because I do. I want my, you know, my daughters to, to be able to read something that I wrote years ago and be proud yeah. um, that I was um, advocating and pushing for, for health and wellness for others. So it's, it's something I, you know... It makes me feel good. I'm curious when, when the when the girls get older. I want to hear what they say. I always think it's cute to hear what kids say that their moms do. And they never know what their parents they do really for don't. a living. No, my, my kids knew. If you asked my kids, even when they were in kindergarten, if the if you said, you know what, and people did. I guess it, maybe it's just a New York thing. I don't know if it's an American thing, but people are always like, you know, what does your mom do? Or like people would ask, and she would say, my mom helps get twins out of ladies' bellies. That was apparently my, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, you're an obstetrician. I'm like, absolutely not. 
I am totally not. I could help people that have babies in their belly, but I am not there um, taking them out. But it's it's interesting what your kids are going to pick up. And I can't yeah. I can't wait to, to follow along. And guys, you could follow Anna too. She's Anna C. D'Souza on Instagram and she's AnnaD'Souza.com on her website. I think the website is fine. I know that Anna feels differently about it. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> I, I oh think it's God, great. So and you could find links to her articles and we're going to put them up too in the show notes. So don't worry about that. We'll give a, a quick link so you don't have to look too far for anything. But Anna, thank you so much for being a guest today. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, again, if anyone wants to reach out, um, if this something similar happened to you, if you want to, you know, share little stories here and there, I, you know, I, I would love to connect. I love it. Well, Anna, until next time, uh, we will be stalking you on Instagram. And for those that are listening. Stalking you, girl. Oh, girl, please. <laughs> I'm easily stalkable. Uh, you could reach out to us, too. So you could always drop us a DM, as the kids say. Or you could email us at community at twiniversity.com. So if you want to get Anna any information and you're having a hard time reaching her, we will definitely help connect you guys. So just community at twiniversity.com. And don't forget, if you are currently expecting, we have an entire series of classes that are literally just for you. And yes, we do at length talk about how to be an advocate, how to get the most out of your doctor's visit appointment, and even what your partner's job is going to be when it comes to doctor's appointments. We got you covered, kids. Don't worry about nothing. And thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, guys, I will see you later, alligators. Bye, guys.